This episode is brought to you in part by Zondervan, publisher of The Perilous Fight, Overcoming Our Culture's War on the American Family, written and narrated by retired neurosurgeon and politician Dr. Ben Carson. Available now everywhere you get audiobooks. Racism has a cure, but racial reconciliation as we know it is not the answer. D.A. Horton unpacks how God addresses these issues and where to take it from there in his new book, Intentional. Go to dahorton.com to learn more about Intentional. Dynamic Voices for a Diverse Church. This is Pass the Mic. Hello and welcome to another episode of Pass the Mic. We have a very special episode for you. We are doing a film review of Harriet, but that's not even the most special part. We have a special guest with us. You know her, you love her. It's Allie Henny, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the show. Hey everyone, what's good? I feel like I've been on Pass the Mic in the past couple of weeks more than I've been on my own podcast, which I say I feel like, I guess that that's actually, that's actually true, but I've been recording, but anyway. Yeah, we're just trying to give people more of what they want, which is you, so this is for the, this is for the people, this is for the culture. Man, I don't know, I don't know about all that, but we'll see. <laughs> uh, by the way, this is Jamar Tisby. If you were looking for Tyler Burns, I'm sorry to disappoint you. Uh, he has, you know, Tyler's, Tyler is low-key big time. He doesn't want to like put that out there, but he's always traveling. He's always speaking. People are fans, all of that stuff. So he gives me a hard time for being Mr. Blue Check verified. He's undercover verified and just doesn't want y'all to know it. So he sends his love and you will be hearing from him soon. But I am so excited about our topic topic today, Ali. Uh, like I said, we're talking about um, Harriet Tubman and the recent film that came out uh, with her name, just just entitled Harriet. So for folks who don't know, um, here's a, a brief recap and bio of the life of Harriet Tubman. She's a real historical figure. She was born in the early 1820s. We're not sure exactly when, because of course, enslavers didn't keep real good records of births and deaths of the enslaved. But we think she was born early in 1820s on uh, Maryland's eastern Maryland's eastern shore. Her her birth name was Araminta, and she went by the nickname Minty Ross was her last name, and uh, she lived. A good long life. She died in 1913. So I think she was uh, in, in her early 90s when she finally died. But of course, what Harriet Tubman is most known for is being the most the the most well-known conductor on the Underground Railroad. She self-emancipated, as historians like to say, meaning she escaped to freedom. And then as if that wasn't hard enough, she went back, not once, but again and again and again, and we estimate that she helped at least 70 or more enslaved people find their way to freedom up north. So she had this remarkable life, and that wasn't even it. She also participated in the Civil War on the Union side. She uh, was a spy. She was armed. She helped to lead a, a, an armed battle against Confederate forces in which she was successful, and they helped free other slaves, uh, enslaved people through that. Uh, so she's a legend. And she's also been in recent conversation about um, her 
her face possibly appearing on the $20 bill as a way to acknowledge her and uh, honor her history and legacy. Did I miss anything, Allie? What else do we need to know about Harriet Tubman? I think that you covered it pretty well, Jamar. Uh, Harriet, she definitely was a was a G. Um, I guess the only <laughs> thing that I'll that I'll add is just on a on a personal note, um, Harriet. This this movie, this event, it was kind of special to me because my youngest daughter is named after her. So mm. it's kind of a you know that that was really a, a, a thing to be able. Whenever I first saw that this movie was coming out, um, really hoping to be able to to show this to my daughter. She's she's almost three now. So she's maybe a little bit young for it, but I but I but I hope that that this will wow. be something that she'll be able uh to to see someday. So what was what was behind that when you named her Harriet? Um what were you hoping to invoke or symbolize? Well actually her middle name is oh. Harriet. And so um and her first name uh, means means liberator. And so mm. just that was just something that honestly God kind of put that together for us but i really um my my oldest name it, it's a biblical name and it has to do um with righteousness and justice mm-hmm. and and being strong and so both of both of her names reflect that and so i i really believe in like what you name children is something you're, you're kind of setting who they are in a way mm-hmm. and so um i wanted to give uh, my, my second child a good strong name and um it definitely fits her personality already so yeah <laughs> That's great. That's really cool. I had no idea. And it totally fits. It makes a whole lot of sense. So um, this film, Harriet, came out uh, November 1st, I think. And I think actually the ways that you and I approached and accessed this movie were were both interesting. So I'll just say a little bit about how I came to watch this movie. First of all, as a general rule, I don't watch many historical films about slavery or racism. Why, Jamar? You, you're the race guy, right? Don't you always talk about race and, race and justice? Yes. And that's precisely why I don't watch these films. Yes. Um, for, I mean, first of all, like this is what we deal with like all day, every day. Folks might tune in occasionally to the podcast or read an article here and there. But it's like um, for me and I'm sure to a certain extent for you, Ali, it's like what we live and breathe on the daily, not not just in public and, and sort of in our ministry, but also just existing as people yes. of color in this, in this society. So yes. if I, if I take time to watch a film, I, I'm just be honest, it's going to be stupid. It's going to be funny. It's going to be an escape. It's not going to be, you know, all this heavy stuff that, that reminds me of everything I deal with on a day-to-day basis. So that's one thing um, that mitigated against me even watching this film, at least when it was in theaters. But the reason I did, and I was super excited about it, was because I got the opportunity to serve as the moderator for a Twitter chat about the movie Harriet. It was sponsored by the Association of Black Women Historians. Follow them on Twitter. Um, They are an incredible group of people. And there were three folks who were involved in this Twitter chat, all historians, all who had studied Harriet Tubman, Deirdre Cooper Owens, Erica Armstrong Dunbar, and Catherine Clinton. And so we had a fantastic conversation the day the movie came out. Uh, Follow the hashtag, She Came to Slay. She Came to Slay. And that's the title of Erica Armstrong Dunbar's new book, uh, a biography about Harriet Tubman. 
So you can follow along that with that conversation. We had a wonderful conversation that I'm sure I'll touch on later in this discussion. But Allie, how did you kind of come to this film and come to, to, to watch it? So I saw it as an advertisement for another film. I had gone, I had gone to see another movie and I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. Um, but like, I don't watch a whole lot of TV. Um, like especially like live TV. I'm mostly chained to Netflix and then just like any, you know, streaming stuff. So I don't really see a whole lot of commercials. I don't, I don't really get like a whole lot of advertising or anything like that. Um, which I guess is good and bad. I guess it's good because you're not having people sell stuff to you all the time, but it's kind of bad because I, in some ways I feel really super out of touch, um, because I'm a student. And so that's what a lot of it is, is because I'm a student right now and a mother. And so it's just, it's just a lot. So anyway, I had gone to actually see another film and had seen this as um, an advertisement and as, as one of the previews in that film. And so I was like, oh my goodness, I've got to go see this. And uh, and like you, Jamar, I definitely have a, have a thing with like, you know, we, we live and breathe this race stuff like a lot. And so not just by, you know, by our existence, um, but this is something that I'm studying in school you just see it everywhere. So mm-hmm. whenever you see it everywhere, it's like, do I really need to, you know, like sit and watch a movie about black people um, being being harmed and all this other type of stuff? Mm-hmm. But because, as I said earlier, I had a little bit of a vested interest in going to see it because it was a movie about um, about like, you know, my my daughter's namesake and so i definitely wanted to go see that actually the movie that just just to the movie that i was watching that i went to go see that saw that i saw the preview was actually the downton abbey movie (laughs) so (laughs) so once again that movie film as an escape um yeah that was that was definitely me whenever i went to go see downton abbey and and was like oh wow okay harriet movie that's a that's a different speed than downton abbey but cool (laughs) <laughs> Very good. Yeah. So, um, and, and I imagine a lot of people are coming to this film differently. And in my view, this was a different kind of film. So I had really no expectations or, or the expectations that I did have were of these other films like Selma or 12 Years a Slave. These, these films, when you go into them, they are super sober and really, really heavy and they show enslavement in all its brutality and injustice. And because it's visual and dramatized, you just feel it in your gut. And and some of these scenes really make me like sick to my stomach. So I was going in kind of bracing myself, but also it was a little interesting because we know how this story turns out. And comparatively, it has a relatively happy ending, right? Like yeah. <laughs> she, she dies a natural death in, in, mm-hmm. in her, you know, 10th decade of life. She escapes to freedom. She's never caught. And so I was like, huh, so how are they going to tackle this in, in Hollywood film dramatic form? And there were a few things that surprised me that I think if, if you didn't, have this expectation coming in, you could either be pleasantly surprised or disappointed. And so the film's director, Casey Lemons, is a black woman, and she described it in a couple of interviews I heard from her. She described this as a superhero origin story. And I I, I love that description. I think it actually fits the movie perfectly, because most of the time, when we see Harriet Tubman, images of her, it's in her 
older years. Um, she's a wizened woman who's lived a lot of life, looks very dignified and still strong. She only stood five feet tall, but just had this really imposing presence. But but what the, the film Harriet does is it looks at her early life, particularly her mid to late 20s when she first escaped to freedom, and then the years following when she was going back and forth with the Underground Railroad. And so the idea is to tell more of her early life and, and how she came to be this icon of freedom and liberation rather than catching up with her in her later years. And so that was that was really helpful. And then even the superhero part, like I said earlier, how are they going to tackle the fact that like she lives and she she succeeds in 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 much of her mission and uh the way they portrayed her uh both dramatically and just in terms of the storytelling i think really lent sort of an air a, a superhero air to her she didn't have you know supernatural powers or anything like flying or invisibility or anything like that but uh she definitely comes across as a hero that that's transcendent and perhaps even like a superhero. So th- that's, that's, that, that kind of strikes you a little bit different. I don't know what your initial impressions were. So, yeah, I actually um, had not heard that whole thing about it being a superhero origin story. Like I, I didn't, I wasn't aware of that going in, but something that um, I went to go see it the second time. I, I've seen it twice so far. I plan on um, my, my, taking my. My, my oldest daughter um, to see it, to see it with me, with me also. Um, but the second time that I had gone to see it, I went with a friend. And so we were talking just about some of the different aspects of the movie. And we were talking about the fact that, um, that the hair Harriet was disabled. And so she had su- suffered a traumatic mm. brain injury. And so that had left her disabled. She would, uh, it's well known, was well known, documented that she would um, have what people would call spells or whatever, basically where she would, where she would fall out and she, she'd black out for, for, you know, I think uh, whenever, initially, I think it was about two months or something like that. Um, but she would have these these times whenever she would black out for a few minutes, I think even up to a few hours. And so I was really curious about how they were going to, to treat her disability in the movie. And her disability actually um, was front and center. And it wasn't done in a way that you felt sorry for her and like, oh, poor Harriet. Oh, she's she's falling out. Oh, this is this is terrible. But I like how they made it into what it seemed like her superpower that, that um, they, they used her, her, her blackouts as, as a mean, and I don't know um, how historical this actually was, but, it, but God, and, and the way that they communicated about her, about her blackouts was that it was that God was communicating to her. And so whenever she would black out, she would say, she would come up and say, well, God's speaking to me and, and in the movie. And so, and there would be at different critical points um, that this would, that this would happen. And we can, and we can criticize some of like, well, is that cheesy? Is that whatever? But I really felt like it was a superhero movie. I I, I really liked um, hearing that, that, that that was how what the director intended, because that was how it hit me. And it also kind of hit me um, a little bit like Hamilton. Mm. Um, so like I, so I, whenever I first, because I didn't know any of this going into the movie, but I could tell pretty quickly that it was going to be different. That this wasn't Roots. This wasn't Twelve Years a Slave. Yeah. This wasn't. This wasn't Selma. It really. I mean, it, it, Hamilton is kind of a weird comparison. But the idea is that, like, for me, Hamilton is like my favorite. Like everything, and people criticize. There's all sorts of criticism happening about Hamilton now. But that's whatever. I love Hamilton. It's my favorite. <laughs> 
<laughs> and people can take their criticism because I love it. Um, but do like, you? You do the you? Idea, you I'm, I'm doing me. I'm doing me. But like the thing with Hamilton is like Alexander Hamilton was a real person, and we know that he was a real person. We know that there are aspects of the story that that cover his real life. That there's a lot of Hamilton that is that is historical, but they made him still into like this legendary character. Mm. And so the material of about about Hamilton in the in the play is this kind of of this legendary type quality. He's he's larger than life. You know, why do you write like you're running out of time? I mean, you know the man wasn't just sitting down and writing all the time, even though he did write a lot. But you know, but there's just this this whole air about it. So I felt the same with I felt the same vibe from Harriet. That that yeah. probably, oh, maybe 15 minutes into the movie if 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 not sooner than that i was like okay this is this is like not your average slave story like they're 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 telling some different things here now i had expected that they would do a little bit more on the underground railroad i think that that was where i was expecting the movie to go not knowing because a lot of times like whenever i go to movies i'm not super i I don't do a whole lot of research on it i just want to go and just have the experience of seeing the movie and not know all the this and that and the other so i so i had come into the movie um i'll talk about some of my other expectations here in a minute but i did just kind of come into the movie expecting it to be about the underground railroad and it really was more so about her and so that so that just that that hit different but i I just knew that this movie wasn't going to be i wasn't expecting it to be after watching it you know for for 15 20 30 minutes i realized it wasn't going to be the average slave movie and i was actually really thankful for that because whenever i went to go see it i went to go see it at a noon showing the day that it came out and i went to alamo draft house and i walked in and i actually thought i had walked into the wrong into the wrong cinema because it was nothing but a bunch of old white folks in there. <laughs> interesting um, i noticed like a little bit later that there were i think a couple of other black women they i think that they, they were in the back and they must have been hiding because whenever i walked up into that joint and the movie theater was almost full um and whenever i walked hmm. up into that joint like it was nothing but a bunch of old white women and in fact, I sat next to an older white woman, and that was a very interesting experience. I sat between two old white women, actually, um, but there was one on my on my left who was quite vocal, and, and I was just like, "Girl, you don't have to be quiet." Like, oh wow! She was, oh no! Like she was, Mm-mm. she was trying to sing during the spirituals. Like, so so it, it was it was so funny because at the beginning of the movie, um, I think that they were singing. I think maybe they were singing Wade in the Water or something like that at the beginning of the movie. And and so like she starts singing along with them and I'm like, oh my God, we cannot be doing this right now. So she's singing and then like the master's wife was singing too and I'm like, I am living this right now. <laughs> I, am, I am living this moment right now in the, in the theater because there's that moment where the, where that the, is the white woman sitting there singing. It was it. There was so much more to it, Jamar. It was it was a thing. So I was actually really happy. Um, just given where I live, given some of my context, whatever. I like. I needed for in that moment for that mm-hmm. movie not to be like super woke and Amen. not to be super whatever. Yes. <laughs> in that move in that moment. Um, because I'm in this movie theater with a bunch of white people in a place, and I just. I I didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah, and like, so I mean, when you it, dramatize, especially the violence, I mean, it's just it's it's so triggering, it's so jarring, and 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 it doesn't even have to be physical violence; it could be verbal and emotional and all that stuff. And it's 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 there, it's present, right? Like they don't they don't act like it's non-existent, but that's not the center of the film. So I think you know that's helpful for parents. I wouldn't 
have a little kid go to this, but, you know, uh, a tween, a teenager probably could handle it. This episode is brought to you in part by Pittsburgh Theological Seminary. Pittsburgh Theological Seminary students are grounded in faith and formed in community. PTS students are preparing for ministry with Master of Divinity, Master of Arts, Doctor of Ministry, and Certificate Programs. Begin your Master's or Certificate Program in person or online. Financial aid is available. Visit pts.edu admit. And then um, just for one's own kind of expectation and whatnot. One thing that I was pleasantly surprised by was not expecting this is how much the film centered Harriet Tubman's Christian faith. Yes. Like that was all over the movie from the songs to the, the actual script and the words that Harriet said. So, um, as you, as you mentioned earlier, she had these spells and the, and the way that that happened is really dramatic. So in real life, um, a, a slaveholder was, was attempting to throw a two pound weight at another enslaved person as, as punishment or retribution. Harriet was in the way and was struck by this two pound weight in her head. It cracked open her skull. She was unconscious for several days. And when she came to is, is when she had these spells, but she attributed to, she attributed these, these spells to God and that, Basically, she said, um, you know, that incident made her able to hear God's voice all the clearer. And so she attributed God's voice and God's leading and God's direction to all the time she went back and forth on the Underground Railroad, God telling her when to go, when to stay, which direction to go, where where slave catchers were, all of these things. She directly attributed that to God in in real life and in a film you could easily gloss over that. You could you could not mention it at all, as a lot of films and media tend to gloss over religion in general and Christianity in particular. But not this film. Like it was all over the place, and I was like, "Huh." Yeah, it was it was front and center, and I was uh, like you, Jamar. I was I was shocked by that because I knew that uh, that that uh, Harriet Tubman was a Christian woman. Um, I've actually have seen her Bible and her Shaw are in the um, National African American Museum of History and Culture. Um, that that's that's actually um, a display. I've seen it. I used to live in the D.C. area, so I would go to the museums and stuff um, all the time. So I'd, I'd I'd seen it before the museum, the actual museum had opened whenever it was still in the American History Museum, and then I got the chance to be able to see it uh, last year and be and actually be able to take uh, pictures and stuff with my, with my kids and stuff near it. But like it was something that you that you, that something that I knew was that she was a that she was a woman of very deep and profound faith, and so to see that on film and to see it. I didn't feel like that they trivialized it. I didn't feel like that they were making fun of her um really at all in having that. Like that it was her her faith was handled her faith I feel like her faith and her disability and there's people maybe that would that would disagree on both of those points, but I feel like that her faith and her disability were handled um with such dignity and were given um such dignity and were given pride of place in the movie and um yeah, I just I really felt like that that was something that was really important. Another um, observation that I made, it, save for a few scenes, like there there were there definitely were a couple of violent scenes in the movie, but something that really struck me was that in terms of violence against enslaved persons, there like you there wasn't a, a beating scene 
in a slave beating scene, but they didn't gloss over that. So I think that the way that they handled the the, the beatings and that type of stuff in, in slavery is by showing characters. They, they, they slipped in a couple of scenes where there were characters that had um, scars. And so like there's a scene where, where Harriet is about to, um, take a bath is after she's she's escaped from slavery and she's and she's in a boarding house and she's getting ready to take a bath and so she's she's getting into getting ready to get into the tub and um Janelle Monet's character looks kind of uh, behind a partition and sees um some scars and stuff on her back and then there's another point where another character is um they're they're on the underground they're they're, they're not I guess it's even before the underground railroad point but they're but she's helping um some slaves escape and and uh, there's a point where one of them is is changing their clothes and you see he's taking off a shirt and he's even just the way that the, that the scene is shot is he's not even like in the center of the screen. He's to the side taking off his shirt and you see some of the other people in the group. Um, but his but I think his back is in focus or maybe is partially in focus, but you see the marks and stuff on his back. So it was there. So so that material was there in the movie, but it didn't have like the 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 classic kind of like the like the roots scene, you know, where where it's like your name is Toby and like gets like you didn't have that or the scene in glory um with with Denzel in the single in the single tear that or the scene with Lupita in 12 years a slave um you didn't have that scene and that's a pretty like classic scene in slave movies and I was actually really happy that we had a movie about enslaved people that didn't show enslaved people getting beat and so that I think that that was something that was that was revolutionary even and that but but it was still telling the stories and they were still telling some of the horrors of slavery but they didn't they didn't leverage black bodies to do that and i think that that's something that that should definitely be respected about this movie christians are in the best position to lead the way on addressing ethnic tensions but first we need to know how god specifically talks about these issues D.A. Horton unpacks these biblical truths and provides practical guidance for developing a kingdom ethnicity in our divided world. It's all in his new book, Intentional. Go to dahorton.com to learn more about the book, Intentional. Well, now there were some critiques, especially online, and actually got pretty heated. And what was interesting is it's between black people that a lot of the debate was happening. It was between pretty quote unquote, woke black people. So not people who are trying to pretend like race or uh, slavery isn't still a big deal. Uh, These are people who pay attention to racial dynamics and everything. And so one of the controversies was just with casting and the fact that the main character who played Harriet Tubman, Cynthia Erivo, was not African-American. She was a black, she is a black British woman. What did you think of that? Oh my goodness. So with some of these, with some of like the woke controversies, that should be like a whole like thing, like the the woke wars, the woke controversies. <laughs> I like that. The, so I will just say, I'll speak first on kind of like the kind of the general, some of the comfort, some of the controversies just kind of in general. And then I'll, and then I'll answer your question. I definitely think that there, there were aspects of the woke controversies that I think there were very valid criticisms. And, um, I even had a really good discussion, um, with, with a friend of mine on Facebook, um, who had seen, she had seen the movie and had some valid critiques of the, of the movie having, having actually seen it. Um, 
there were a lot of critiques from people that I don't think actually saw the movie. Um, like people just regurgitating stuff that they had heard and right. scuttlebutt that they had heard. Wait, there was a lot people of, do this on the internet? No. Yes, people do it on the internet. I don't know what internet you use in Jabbar, but yes, people do this on the people do this on the internet all the time. People people make money off of off the internet doing this. Um but yeah, there were people that like that that said things that were just patently untrue about the movie or were like rooted in enough truth that it was like okay but then you watch the movie and it's like i don't even know what movie that you watched Mm -hmm. so a lot of those controversies that i don't want to completely like detract from what people were saying um but there were but there was but there was a lot of junk out there there was a lot of good criticisms and there was a lot of junk so in terms of the casting of an afro british actress i have such mixed feelings about it I read um, a comment from the director of the movie who basically – and you could tell just, just reading the comment. I, I didn't hear it, but just reading the comment, you could tell that she was a little bit defensive about it. And so in her mind, you know, the casting was was good. She she understood that, that, that people have a right to tell their own stories and it's important who bears culture, whatever. But you could just tell just kind of – because I think the, the transcription that I had read, you could tell it was very verbatim. And so I, I could kind of almost hear her saying some of these things. And you could almost tell there's like a little bit of a defensiveness there. So I think that the criticism of non-African-American actors playing African-American people is well-placed. There's been several films within like the last five years, five or six years or so, where there have been um, African or Afro-British actors, I think actually is what it's been, is people people who are Afro-Brits playing African-Americans in in movies. And I definitely think that that, that criticism is something that Hollywood needs to look at, that, that people who are casting need to, need to look at. Um, because I think that there's something to black people being able to have the agency to tell our own stories and there and this isn't any type of shade or slide like i i I hate the diaspora wars i'm just gonna be real like i i feel like at the end of the day we're all black and what that blackness maybe means in different parts of the world or as we migrate and immigrate to different to different parts of the world um that can that that's a whole other different conversation so i certainly don't want to sound like i'm throwing mud on on my african and and pan-african um siblings but at the same time um i just i think that there's something that is important in us as and when i say us i mean african-americans being able to tell our own stories. And so I understand the criticism of having um, an Afro-British person yet again playing another African-American character. And I certainly empathize empathize with that criticism. In this case, I don't think that um, she was miscast. I think that she, 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 definitely bore a strong resemblance to Harriet Tubman. Um, she dev like, like you could, you could look at her and I don't think that that was makeup or anything like that. Um, it just seems like she, she bears a resemblance, um, innately to Harriet Tubman. And so I think that, that there's that aspect that we have to consider too, is that, you know, if you're doing a movie, that's a historical movie about somebody, mm-hmm. you want the person to kind of bear a little bit of, um, of a resemblance to the person. If, if, if their likeness is known, that's, that's what you want to do. And so, and so I guess that, that maybe my, 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 um, my 
feeling on that is I, I have mixed feelings. If you, if yeah. you can't tell, I I, under, <laughs> I I want black I want African Americans to be able to tell their own stories, and I don't like that we have had even though the actors who have been chosen for certain roles, like for Selma for Twelve Years a Slave, even though they have been brilliant, there still is just the aspect of just, just some of the politics in acting yeah. where well this actor has a certain pedigree because they've performed here and there and it's and it is um it is uh, uh calibrated to kind of a, a colonialist or kind of a, a white supremacy mindset and because african americans we don't have access to certain things we don't have access to certain schools we don't have access to that here in america but that makes that 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 kind of makes a problem yeah so i i have mixed feelings as well um first of all it was it was not the uh, a situation like with the Nina Simone film where um Zoe Saldana played Nina Simone and they had to use oh makeup gosh. to darken her they face. Had her in blackface. Yeah, and then and they had prosthetics to make her nose whiter. So like there's no historical resemblance. And Nina Simone is a lot more contemporary a figure than Harriet Tubman, who all we have is pictures, right? So that is a particular situation. And this was not that. Like you said, there was a, a natural resemblance um between uh Cynthia Rivo and uh what we see from of Harriet Tubman, her pictures and whatnot. So so that was a different issue. But I think my overarching feeling was sadness, right? Like, because that controversy played out so publicly, there were probably a lot of people who just didn't go see the film. And it was sad to me because it was still a black film from top to bottom, not just the characters in the movie, but the director and the actors and, uh, you know, script writers and, and casting agents and all of these people involved in the film were also black. And so, you know, that, that kind of controversy, I thought, uh, a little bit distracted of us. Like, like you're saying, it's a worthy topic, right? Of course, there are other African Americans who, who maybe bear a resemblance and can, can certainly act. And, and that always needs to be on the radar. But I, I think just zooming out for a minute, if we can remember like how rare it is to have this many black people involved in a Hollywood film that, that is, playing to national and, and maybe even international audiences like let's let's walk and chew gum at the same time and say there are there's areas for improvement but also in many ways this film was a success but i think moving on to the next criticism or controversy i think the biggest one that i saw had to do with violence now we've already talked about the fact that it didn't have that one big you know beating scene of an enslaved person but what violence there was was perpetuated by a black man, and the controversy was multiple. Number one, um, it was a black slave catcher. And so people were arguing online about how rare that m may or may not have been historically, right? Like, um, was this accurate to do to 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 create this this figure in the film? And then number two, what violence there was was a black man perpetuating violence on a black woman. The most violent scene in the film, spoiler alert, um, is is when Janelle Monet's character is killed by a kick from this black slave catcher. And so, you know, if there is going to be violence, why are you portraying this this sort of black on black violence when by far the overwhelming abuse 
in all forms came from white people and white enslavers and, and, and white people who had power and money and all those kinds of things. So that's my take on what the controversy was. Do you want to add anything that I missed on that or just give your sort of take on that controversy? Yeah, you summed up some of the controversies pretty well. Uh, another controversy that I saw that was playing out a little bit on on Twitter was about there being a white savior narrative in the movie, which I thought was really interesting. I I see where people took a few little things that were in the movie and and made it into oh, this is what the what the movie was centering. Um, I don't actually think that what they I don't want to tell people that what they saw wasn't actually what they saw. I feel like that, you know, you experience things, you experience them. But I I have trouble really see, there were things that people were just were saying about the movie that just were not true at all. Like saying that that her um slave master, the white guy in the movie, was a love interest. Uh people were saying that like he saved her at the end of the movie, which just was not true. Um I mean the spoiler alert. I mean, he he shot somebody that was about to shoot her, but it wasn't like he was shooting them to save her. It was more like he was shooting them because he wanted to be the person to harm her. But anyway, um, we can talk about that or whatever. But in terms, of, but in terms of just the controversies in general, um, you talk you you mentioned about how some of these things maybe could keep people from seeing the movie. I almost didn't go to see the movie. I I had bought my tickets. I I had bought tickets for two different showings of it, and almost didn't go because of some of the stuff that I was hearing, and because of like kind of just the nature of the controversies is that you is that you know it's woke black people talking about these different things. And so it wasn't just, it wasn't, you know, it it wasn't people trying to detract from the movie. I mean, I think that they were trying to detract from the movie, but it wasn't, it wasn't the usual type of controversy that was happening, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And so I almost didn't go see the movie because of that. And so um, I think that, that a lot of the criticism that I heard, a lot of the controversies and stuff that, that, that I heard about the movie, there, there definitely were some things, some criticisms that were well-placed, um, the thing about the black man violence, I agree with that. Um, I actually had an issue, had less of an issue with the fact that it was a black man that was doing it. I just, I was looking at it from the perspective of this was violence against black women's bodies that was happening. Um, so I, and that's not to say that it wasn't important that it was a black man that was also perpetuating the violence because that is even a comment on itself. But I think that that pretty much, Every instance of violence except for one that I remember in the movie was against a black woman. You had black women getting slapped. You had black women getting snatched up and and, and choked out in the movie. Um, you had a black woman get get her face stomped on in in the movie. Um, like there, so there were some pretty so some of the scenes that were that were violent were it was violence against black women, and the institution of slavery was violent. And it was violent against black women. And so there's that element of where it was a verisimilitude where it was where it was truthful. But at the same time, it was like, okay, y'all are only going to show the violence against black women. But but also but also knowing that this movie was helmed and and came into being by black women. And so that was something that was that was tough. And it was also tough once again to see a character that was a fictional character 
that was a black man being the main arbiter of the violence. I don't know if they realized what they did. I don't know if the, if the director, if the, if the writers, whomever, I don't know if they realized what they did. I would like to think, cause I, I try to be charitable and I would like to think that in their minds, they were creating a movie where white people weren't the center of it because even the villain wasn't at the, he was on screen very minimally in the movie, like the, like the, the slave catcher or the, the slave catcher, the enslaver who, um, who was kind of the antagonist or the villain or whatever in the movie, like didn't like, wasn't on screen as much as maybe you would expect him to be. And so I, I don't know. I just, I, I, and he, and he was violent, but some of the worst violence was still a black, at a black man's hand and at a fictional person's hand at that. So somebody that wasn't like, oh, this was an actual person who who did stuff like this. They just kind of, you know, made somebody up and then had this black guy committing violence against black women. And we didn't really see the white violence in the movie that I think that we needed to see. And for me, that would be the one thing is that, is that, I don't, like I said, I don't think that the white savior narrative, that that holds water at all. Um, but I do think that this movie let white people off the hook in a way, because um, it did, you know, show a few white people, like benevolent white people, but that existed on the underground railroad. And so you can't erase that like the underground railroad, wasn't just black people um it was it was also there were some white people who who helped out some white some white you know abolitionists and whatever that that helped out so we can't so historically we can't really erase that but i just felt like that that was that they kind of let white people off the hook in that respect because even because so that was one of the downsides to not seeing not to not seeing the violence of slavery on screen. I talked about the upside to not seeing it on screen, but the downside to not seeing it on the screen is whenever you're seeing the most overt violent acts happening on screen being perpetuated by a black man, I think that 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 does um, create some problems there. I mean, is it is it enough to to be like, oh my gosh, this whole movie is garbage? Let's let's throw it in the trash. Um, I don't think so, but but I think but I, I think that if I were to if I were to give you know, like three criticisms of this movie, that would be in the top three of my of my criticisms. Yeah, same same for me. It just it felt jarring. Like it 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 felt like it didn't quite fit. Um, right, like every Hollywood biography is going to feel Hollywood in some part, meaning dramatized or over dramatized and and that's the part to me that felt sort of like a stretch and then on top of it Janelle Monet's character was from what I understand sort of a compilation of figures so not really one individual historical figure in Harriet Tubman's life and so they created her and likely her role in personality so it wasn't like just pure fiction but there was a bit of, you know, creative license there. And then to have that be sort of the most violent scene, it just, I was like, what, why? What's the point? You know, you didn't. It felt gratuitous. Exactly. It felt gratuitous. Like you just, you, you didn't have to do that. You didn't have to go there. I mean, you could have even had the violence without her death, right? Like, but, but that, that just felt jarring to me. But I agree with you. Like on the whole, is that a reason not to see the movie or to sort of roundly trash it like a lot of people did? I don't think so. And this is one of those films where 
not hearing all of the controversy beforehand was probably a huge asset. And I'm glad I, I probably I, I might not have seen it if that's all that that I had heard about the film. And really the only reason I, I saw it as soon as I did was because um, I was moderating this Twitter chat. And I'm so very glad that I did because I think on the whole, you know, just personal opinions, personal taste, people are going to disagree. But I think on the whole, it's a worthwhile movie to see. I think if you go in and, um, you know, you know, at least enough to say it's not going to be the same type of, of, film um about enslavement as others meaning um the violence as we've talked about several times um but also sort of the superhero origin story and all of that then i think you'll be i think you'll enjoy it i think you'll i think you'll learn a lot about harriet tubman's life they were more true than not in terms of um her actual story and 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 things that she did there's a whole lot more to it because like i said they focus on her earlier life so be sure to read books like she came to slay by erica armstrong dunbar or there are several others out there right now or even just do a google search search and and get the bio. So there's so much more to learn about and from Harriet Tubman. I'm just thankful that we have another film uh, about American history, specifically um, African-American history, and we can highlight a black woman, someone who did incredible things, whose story needs to be told. So those are my two cents. Any closing thoughts from you, Allie? Yeah, something that I that I wanted to hit on uh, real quick, if we could, is talking about just the, the we've talked about the controversy, but the implications of the controversy. So something that you said was that like, I mean, I think I said it too, was if we had heard the controversies or, or knowing about the controversies, like, would we have gone to see the movie? And you went because you were moderating a panel. And so you kind of, so whether it was garbage or not, like you still had to go see it to moderate this panel. Like I almost didn't go um, because of what people were saying. And I was, I was like, Oh man, if this is, this is like, Oh, how do they make Harriet Tubman's story into a white savior movie? Oh my gosh. Like, Oh my goodness. They're, they're have her in love with her slate with her slave master. Oh my gosh. Like what kind of like, I mean, the, just like that type of outlandish stuff coming from supposedly quote unquote woke people. And that really could have, I mean, I think it did better than what it was expected at the box office, but I saw just a lot of, in my social media feed, a lot of people flat out just refusing to see the movie because of some of these things that people were saying. And for me, like that's, that's a huge deal. Cause I, I think that we, that, you know, we had the potential to sink a movie that, I mean, am I saying that Harriet is like the greatest movie that's, is it like the greatest thing since like Black Panther or Get Out? No. Um, which I mean, there's people that'd be like, well, those weren't good movies either. Um, cause I feel like that, that, I don't know. I guess what I'm getting at is that this whole thing in woke culture where it's like, we expect this level of purity. We expect this level of of wokeness that I just don't know if it's like even possible. And then whenever it's like people are just going to go and just like make stuff up about a movie. I just, I, I feel like that that's something that, that we have to, that we really have to think about as, as black people is how do we, 
consume media that's for us and definitely evaluate it um, critically and, and definitely look at uh, what what it is that we're that we're taking in and and critique it and say well maybe this story could have been told better or maybe we could have we could have done better by our people that way but but what happens whenever that goes wrong like whenever whatever like you you're so woke that like I don't know you're hallucinating and like whatever and that that's, that's kind <laughs> of what I felt that's kind of what I feel like um, happened a little bit with this with this movie is that it i mean like it, we we really could have we could have sunk this this movie and yeah. and, I, and i feel like that that's that that's like that that's terrible um just off of like some things that really are a matter of, of taste and and a matter of interpretation but anyway that's good yeah don't believe everything you hear in the great woke wars aren't always helpful or edifying but this conversation has been for me, helpful and edifying, I think for our listeners too. Ali, it's always great to have you on the show. You are always welcome. You are so smart. I love listening to you. We thank you and we appreciate you. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. It's always a pleasure. All right, that'll do it for this episode of Pass the Mic. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review, and we'll see you soon on the next Pass the Mic. This episode was brought to you in part by United We Pray. United We Pray is a podcast devoted to praying and thinking about racial strife, especially between Christians. Come join us in praying for the unity of God's people.